0: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Yes,
3: indeed, I am Marka Flatlow, based in Montreal. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Welcome to this edition of Your Tech Report. If you want to follow us on Twitter, please do so. It's at yourtechreport, facebook.com, slash yourtechreport, and Mitchell, our email address, contact at yourtechreport.com.
2: What should I do? It should I give my Twitter handle? Should go I say M underscore Whitfield? There
3: you go, M underscore at M, Whitfield. At
2: M underscore Whitfield. We're yeah, that focus is really just on your
3: Twitter. I'm not even going to give mine out this week. We'll give you. yours next week. Exactly, uh, Mitchell. A very very cool show lined up because we got two great oh, interviews. Yeah. We've got Mark Robin from Funco. Big fan. Oh, I, I'm yeah.
2: a huge pop vinyl collector, so this is going to be a big fun thing for me.
3: And we've been talking about Disney Infinity 3.0. Well, ah, John yes. Vignocchi, I, I don't remember his title, but it's a, one of the coolest titles I've ever seen in my life. Um, he is going to close out our show this week. And, of course, we're going to go hands-on with some very cool products. But first, we have to get to some of the news of the week. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state a piece of news that we're not going to talk about first.
2: Okay. Well, all right. Well, well, just just so you know, John John Vignocchi used to be the executive producer, but now he is VP of production. He's getting bumped up pretty soon. He's not going to be able to talk to us anymore. But go ahead, go ahead. Now. We are
3: uh, we are not going to talk about the Ashley Madison hack. I think that this has been going on for a couple of weeks now. We know they were hacked. And now there's a bunch of blackmail going on. The company's probably going to end up bankrupt at this point because of all the lawsuits that are going around it. Lots of information. If you want to find that online, just do a search for that. What yeah, I,
2: let's not do that. What Let's I, not talk about it. I know. That, I, like,
3: I like to keep things positive. What Me I do want to talk about is something that Samsung is doing, which is really cool. They're trying to woo iPhone owners <laughs> by offering iPhone owners a 30-day trial of their Galaxy Note 5. So if you want to test drive the Galaxy Note, if you've been curious a little bi-curious about samsung then you can (laughs) you can test drive the samsung galaxy note 5 and uh, see what it's all about i mean you've played with that device mitchell tell me
2: uh, no, you know, I, I, I happen to be a big fan of the Note line. The Note line is beautiful. It's powerful. It's got a gorgeous screen. It has multitasking, which, of course, you know, Apple devices are going to be getting uh, toward the end of this year. Uh, I think it's a brilliant idea. And you know what? I think we, they should have a campaign that says, you know, we, we know there are people that are Android curious. I think if they did that, it would be very be clever. It would be very, very, very funny. You know, and, I, and it's really smart on their part because, listen, there are plenty of iPhone owners that, and, and I think this applies to a lot of people that have a device that they've used for years that they don't know anything else. And, and I'm not saying that as a put-down, but that's all they've used because that's what they started with, that's what they stuck with. So I think it's really smart to have a company like Samsung that does make some great devices have that offer out if you're Android curious. There's a software for
3: Mac owners called Parallels Desktop, and they yes. just released their version 11 of the, their software. And what it allows you to do is to run Windows on a Mac. Uh, What's cool about this new version of of Parallels Desktop 11 is that it is fully supporting Windows 10, but not only Windows 10, but Cortana. So if you want to have a virtual assistant like Siri, for example, which is not yet available on the Mac, well, you can actually get windows own. Cortana, on your Mac, seamless integration. I've been using Parallels for quite some time using Windows programs. I upgraded the Parallels uh, Desktop 11. It's faster. It supports a lot of virtualization features that you wouldn't have before, so multiple cores and stuff like that. So if you're into development, it's a lot of fun. If there are games that you prefer on a PC that you want to play on your Mac, you can do so as well. That's available now. I think it's 49 bucks for an upgrade.
2: It's really great and I, I got to tell you I love this as good as Siri is I've always thought the Cortana was a little smarter in terms of contextual information Ooh. and I think Google is also you know the, the Google uh, assistant is also a little bit smarter than Siri yes. so I'm glad that we have options now it's cool
3: it's nice to have options for our assistants you yeah. know it's like a hiring process <laughs> uh, Microsoft there has been a, there are plans for a hardware launch event this October of course no actual details have been announced but we are expecting to see two new Lumia devices Ooh. and potentially that surface pro 4 which we've been waiting for i mean the surface pro 3 it's still holding its ground mitchell but it's been out for quite some time it's due for a little bit of a hardware upgrade and we want to see that happening
2: and please uh, we're huge surface fans here we're we're multi-platform here we love surface and yeah you've been you especially been chomping at the bit to to get your hands on a surface 4. so as soon as it drops i can guarantee mark will have a hands-on review very quickly
3: We will bring you details about that event as we do all these very cool technological events and that happening this October. Mitchell, we have to move on with the show. It's a short news segment, but that's because we've got a great interview with Funko right after the break. Then some hands-on with some really cool stuff. And don't forget, we're going to cap it off with Disney Infinity 3.0 right here on Your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield and I am Mark Aflala.
0: Your Tech Report will be right back. Welcome back
3: to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mark Flallow in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Again on Twitter, it's at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. And our email address is contact at your
2: Okay, Mark, now we're gonna talk about something that is very again, this is what's this is what's great about having a radio show because you can talk about the products and the companies that are near and dear to your heart. And we're about to talk about one that holds a very special place in my family. Now, you're you're well aware that I was at Comic-Con, right? I had to go there for business, but, of course, I I managed to squeeze in a little pleasure while I was there, yes? It's always nice to go there for business, quote um, quote fingers business. Hey, you know what? I had my panel, then I had the rest of the time to myself. But So here's what happens. I'm there at Comic-Con. I have extra time. I go there before the doors open. I have my son, Ryan, with me, and I had some time. I was like, you know What? One of the booths I really was excited to go visit was the Funko booth. They make pop vinyls, these incredible pop culture figures, amazing. So we get there early, right before the doors open. As the line starts, people were attacking this line so... I was there before the doors open, and I still was in line, and I could not—I I couldn't stand in line. It was too long. I would have missed my panel. So what happens? I get out of line, and I start talking to this gentleman, and I and I look over, and I look down at his tag, and the guy I'm talking to is is the gentleman that we have on right now with us. Talk about a serendipitous thing. His name is Mark Robin. He's the director of marketing for Funko. Mark, I mean, uh, talk about a, perf- a perfect thing. You happen to be standing right there, and I'm so glad you're coming on the show with us today.
4: I'm glad to be here, and I'm, uh, I'm sorry the line was so long.
2: <laughs> you know you know what, though? It's a great thing for you guys. It's kind of a testament to how much pop vinyl has become a part of our culture in such a short period of time. You know, Mark, let's start off by saying, for, for those who are unfamiliar with Funko, for, for what you guys do and what you make, tell our audience a little bit about the company.
4: Uh, sure. Uh, we are, uh, we like to say that we're pop culture purveyors. Uh, we're a company up here in Everett, Washington, just north of Seattle. Uh, I think we've been around for about 10 years. And uh, we unique vinyl toys, primarily vinyl toys and collectibles. We've got a ton of different licenses, everything from uh, Star Wars to Marvel to uh, you know the Breakfast Club and uh, you know Orphan Black. I mean, we make toys for just about anything we can get our hands on. So um, we've we're, we've kind of grown, and we used to make primarily bobbleheads, but we've right. kind of grown into a, a ton of different products now. We we just announced Pop Homes. We're going to be making um, like coffee mugs and salt and pepper shakers in the shape of some of our final figures. So we're 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 growing and we're kind of expanding uh, every day.
2: Uh, and uh, please tell me. That, speaking about expanding every day, you know, Mark, I, I, both marks. I'm talking to two marks here. Uh, I should really be upset with our guest, Mark, because basically my son has become so obsessed with these figures. It gets to the point whenever a new one is, uh, you know, an exclusive is released. My wife comes in. Tracy's like, "Where are we going to put these? Where do we have to get another shelf? I'm always going to Home Depot to get another shelf for my pop vinyls." And so I'm, I'm sure you're creating a lot of joy slash issues in a lot of households, Mark. Is what I'm trying to say.
4: Oh, hey, I have the same issue. I, I'm, I'm also a collector. I think a lot of the people who work here are collectors, and I'm the same way. I think the key is to, to focus your collection really on the characters you want. That's what I do anyway, so that way I can make sure that I've got specific rooms set up for uh, this pop vinyl or this reaction figure. I, I try to limit myself based on the character set. But, uh, but, but on the other hand, um, the marketing director in me says, don't limit it at all. Just uh, buy a bigger house.
3: Mark, a couple of minutes ago, you talked about you know the the variety of of obviously the figures that you guys do, and you said you'll do anything you can get your hands on, but it, there's got to be a selection process involved, isn't there?
4: Oh yeah, yeah, I mean it's not quite that simple. I mean I, I think that you know I. I I do think that our, our CEO, Brian Mariotti, is really effective in the sense that he tends to know, I think, what not only is going to resonate with fans and also what's going to be able to sell well with our retailers um, or at our retailers, but he also, I think, has a vision for what we can do really well. So there is a selection process in terms of what is the licensor's vision for the product, what do we think we can do with it. Um, you know, we have a lot of talented artists here who are, are capable of going a lot of different directions with some of the content, but it's got to mesh with, again, you know, who owns the content, what do they want it to look like, Um, taking a temperature with the stores in terms of what do they feel like they can move, so it's a complicated process. Um, I think Brian's really effective in that when he has a a piece of content in mind, he won't take no for an answer. And that is one of the reasons why I think we have uh, so much breadth in our, in our content here. Um, but we are selective and, and the more we grow, obviously the more careful we have to be in terms of not wanting to just, you know, completely, uh, you know, obliterate our line with, with so much stuff that nobody could, could even begin to start collecting. Um, but on the other hand, we, we're, we're pretty proud of the fact that we feel like we have something for everybody. I mean, if you like sports, we have yeah. the NFL. If you like science fiction, we have tons of that. If you like horror, we've got Jason Voorhees. I mean, we've, we've <laughs> got enough stuff that I think that everybody from a, you know, a little six-year-old girl to, you know, an 80-year-old man could probably find something that they love that we do well
3: so without going into too much detail about that process can you give me an idea of from start to finish what kind of time frame you're looking at
4: you know honestly it it completely varies and we have moved unbelievably fast was something like the story that we always love to tell is dancing Groot, which was not something that marvel had revealed in the pre-production set um, when dealing right. with guardians of the galaxy so nobody really knew that that was going to happen kind of in the film's bumper brian went and saw the movie saw the character and and was like that would be an amazing pop so got back concepted it got the approval you know, got the, the prototype done all in a matter of weeks and then had it in stores, you know, a month or two after that. And it's one of the most pre-ordered toys in in the history of Amazon. I think it might be the best-selling toy uh, in the history of Amazon. It's definitely one of our best-selling pop vinyls. Uh, And so, you know, the point there is we moved lightning fast, but obviously that is kind of the exception. You know, typically it's more of a, if, if we don't have the license, there's contract negotiations and just making sure that everybody's happy. And then there might be discussions with retailers in terms of how much can you carry. So, Um, And then you get into the sculpting process, and there's a back and forth with approvals and all of that fun stuff, and then you get a prototype made, and then it gets shipped here from overseas, and then it hits stores. So usually you're looking at, you know, months, not weeks. Um, Probably anywhere between three and six, you know, from start to finish.
2: But here's what I think is so cool, Mark, is that when you look at the pop vinyls, and I think on the outside, if you look at it with a simplistic view, it's like, oh, they have the large head and the large eyes, and they kind of look like... Mm -hmm. But the collectors, the people that are fans of, whether it's Game of Thrones or the Marvel or DC Universes. when you look at the characters more closely you guys really do put a lot of attention to the detail there are certain little cues that only a fan might notice oh look they have that weapon or look they have that flick in the hair so these little subtle cues that are so specific and i think that's something that fans and collectors really really appreciate
4: Uh, Absolutely. And and again, I think it goes back to the fact that that Funko is just staffed by fans and people who genuinely love the content. And so they want to put in that time to get that extra level of detail. And of course, you know, the licensors are going to, you know, Star Wars is going to approve that unmasked (laughs) Vader pop that we do. And so they're going to take a careful look at it as well. Uh, but, you know, I think the cool thing, too, is the little level of detail that we can add in terms of if we can flock a particular pop and add that little uh, fuzzy fur, or we can do glow in the dark. I mean, that's make right. that makes stuff so much more cool, and we can do those little things that kind of bring them to life, and then they, they don't all look the same. I mean, that's, at the end of the day, if they looked the same, I don't think people would be um, as impressed with them as they are, and our, our artists are talented enough that that's just never the case.
2: No, they're incredibly varied. The, the variety, the looks of them, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the reasons people love him. And for people that just think, oh, Funko is all about just the pop vinyls, you guys have a full lineup of vinyl toys. Uh, comes in different shapes and sizes. One of my personal favorites are the Mystery Minis because they're blind packaged. Mm-hmm. You don't know which one you're going to get. And again, we're talking about a much smaller figure. But again, the detail is incredible. Uh, talk about a little bit of the other lineups aside from the pop, all the different lineups that you guys have.
4: Sure, um and mystery minis are, are fantastic, one of my favorites as well. I like to refer to it as nerd gambling. Uh, you <laughs> just exactly never right. know <laughs> it's going to force you into buying a lot of boxes to get the ones that you want or trading them, um, but that's a lot of fun and we have We have some like mystery minis coming out for titles like fallout we 've got Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Marvel Already, so they're a lot of fun. Uh, we also have kind of our high-end vinyl figures that are called Hikari, which are our limited runs of Japanese vinyl. and they, They're a little bit more expensive. They usually run around the $80 range, but they're very, very limited. And We're talking like one in 500, one in 750, wow. one in 1,000. So if you're into the limited number, which a lot of people want, you know, they want something numbered. They want to know, like, there's 1,000 of these made, and that's it, and I got one. Hikari is definitely a product line that you can kind of get into and collect some of that high-end limited vinyl And then we also have uh, non-vinyl products that we've launched. Like we've got uh, fabrications, which are kind of a stuffed, cutesy take on some of the Marvel and Star Wars lineup. Like we've got like a little furry Chewbacca and Rocket Raccoon. (laughs) And then we've also introduced some some um, other products. Uh, One's called Dorbs, which are they're vinyl. They're smaller than Pop, um, but they're kind of just a different take on the uh, characters that we've been doing. A different body shape, a different size. With a
2: rounded look, right? More rounded look yeah. to the head yeah
4: exactly exactly and uh i saw one the other day that's actually a adorable ride, which is batman in his batmobile which is uh, completely adorable pun intended um i think a lot of people you can find those out in stores right now they're relatively new but it's kind of the beginning of that product line uh i i think that i think they're great i think as we get more and more characters people are really going to love those it's just kind of a different format um for those characters to take beyond what we've already done in pop vinyl
3: Okay, Mark, let's let's get personal for a minute here. I need to I need to take this personal. I know this okay. is kind of like asking yeah, here we go. I know this is kind of asking which one of your kids are your favorite, but in this case your toys cannot talk back. So <laughs> without making anyone feel bad here, what would you say is your favorite?
4: You know, I have been wow. I've been asked this question a few times and I and I do I do like um, my, I mean, my, my kind of standard answer is the headless Ned Stark that we did at cut at, uh, from Game of Thrones that we took Comic-Con a couple of years ago. The fact that the head came off with magnets and, and his head has got a little sad expression, you can kind of pose the head separately from the body. Whenever anyone comes over to my house, they, are, they always remark on it. It's just such a a conversation piece i I think that the work that we did on that one was just unbelievable so uh, again it kind of goes back to what i said about like the glow in the dark or the flocking anytime we do something fun like that um there's a Wampa with its arm cut off that i always thought was great that they that they did in a two-pack with luke skywalker it's those funny things the little details that we can bring um that i think makes that line so successful so the ned stark was great
2: I was going to say, I think we're getting a theme here with your favorite uh, pop vinyls, is that it involves some kind of dismemberment, whether it's a missing (laughs) wampa arm or a missing Ned Stark head. You kind of like your dismembered pop vinyl. Tell us a little bit more about it. I think I like you even more now, Mark.
4: I I think it's just the (laughs) the little level of violence with such a cutesy character makes me laugh every time.
2: I love it, too. And listen, if we're sharing here, I'm a big fan of both Hulkbuster and... um, joker batman so there i, I covered both marvel and, and dc there but listen i want to talk a little about marvel specifically here because you guys do something really special it's a subscription service that i want to talk about which i think is really cool and that's collector core could you talk a little about that with us
4: sure yeah we're um, really excited about it as well it's a subscription box service that we partnered exclusively with marvel on so it's an official marvel subscription box that we ship it every other month and everything inside of the box is exclusive to the box so you mentioned the hulk buster that was in the first month that we shipped that box and so it's the only place you can grab that hulk is inside of the box Every box comes with pop vinyl. Uh, it comes with a T-shirt. And then a lot of other goodies in the past boxes. We've had mystery minis. We've had dorbs. We've had patches and pins and variant comic books. So for 25 bucks, you get a ton of Marvel stuff, all made by Funko. Uh, and again, it's exclusive to the box. So if you want this stuff in it, you know, you're not going to be able to go out and find it at any other retailer. You can only get it from collector core. We're really proud of it. We think that we've done a great job with Marvel and they've got such a huge varied universe. We just kind of feel like we could go on forever with really cool boxes and kind of do those things that you might not find, um, in the Marvel line at, at retailers. So we'll do them specifically for our box.
2: Oh, and absolutely. And I want to make sure our listeners know if you go to CollectorCore, and that's C-O-R-P-S dot com, you can check out the service. And Mark, the thing, and I know we don't have a lot of time left with you, but I think the thing that's really cool about the service is, and we know, you know, we've done Loot Crate unboxings, and I know there's one up, and there are a lot of great services out there that offer the, you know, the blind package subscription boxes. The thing about CollectorCore that's really special to me is a lot of people subscribe to these other services just for the hopes every month of getting a Pop Vinyl figure. So the beauty of this is, not only do you get something that's Marvel-themed, which people love, but you know every month you're going to get some kind of a pop vinyl figure. It's just a win for the people that are subscribing every month, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think obviously the pop vinyl is a huge draw. And uh, I think if you love Pop Vinyl and you love Marvel in any way, it would be remiss not to sign up for this. But the the cool thing, too, is we've got some things planned. Obviously, I can't say what they are going to be because it's a mystery (laughs) box. But we've got some things planned that are kind of sort of offshoots of Pop Vinyl and just newer things. I mean, the great thing about the box is it's going to be a great way for us to debut new product lines and new ideas that we couldn't just ship out into retail uh, brand thinking new, it, it, but it's a way for us to say, here to our members, you're the first ones, like I, our first door was actually inside of the first box, so we'll be able to experiment with different lines and different apparel, I think if, if if you're a fan of Funko and you're a fan of Marvel, you should check out the box, just so I think a lot of this stuff is going to be very rare, and uh, you know, if you're, if you're into that whole thing and you're into the secondary market, well, it, it's a good entry point into that as well.
2: I think it's fair to say that you may have a lot of fans that are going to be very into this. He is Mark Robin. He's the director of marketing for Funko, maker of all things pop vinyl and pop culture. Now Mark, both Marks actually, both Aflalo and Robin, we are going to be doing our first unboxing of a Collector core box later this month, hopefully to lead to a regular thing that we can do because, let's face it, I'm a fan and I want to open these things as much as I can. So we're going to have you on later on in the year and I'm hoping we can get more insight as to more of the stuff that's coming up at least the stuff you're allowed legally to tell us about, right?
4: Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to you guys doing an, <laughs> an unboxing and hearing what you think. Our, our next box comes out um, in a couple of weeks. It's a Secret Wars box, so I definitely want to get your thoughts on that. And then, you know, there's a, there's this big movie coming out this fall. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Star Wars, The Force Star- Awakens. Yes,
2: yes, and, I've heard uh, of this.
4: We'll be we'll be revealing what our merchandise is for that in a couple of weeks on Force Friday. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what you guys think of that as well.
2: See, now you're just teasing us, Mark. Now you're just playing out teasing our audience. Now we can't wait to get our hands on all of this stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time, and we look forward to having you back on later in the year. Yeah, looking forward to it. Not a problem.
3: When we come back here on your tech report, we're going to go hands-on with some very cool products. It is your tech report. We'll be back in a couple seconds.
0: Your tech report will be right back. Now, back to your tech report. We're going hands-on.
3: Yes, we are. Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you. Of course, Mitchell in Los Angeles. Me, that's Mark in Montreal. Mitchell, um, I've been remiss about talking about this particular product because uh, I've had it in my possession for quite some time. I've actually had two of these products in my possession for quite some time. And uh, summer is a quiet time, so I didn't want to really talk about it too much over the summer because I wanted more and more people to hear about it.
2: And it's not just that, Mark, but I'm telling you there's no substitute for living with a product long-term to really learn about what works, what you love about it, what you change. So, I mean, for me, I feel like the longer we take, and I feel the people that we work with, the companies that we work with really understand this, the more time that we have, the more of a real feel that we can give a consumer's yeah. point of view for these products. So I, I think it's a good thing that you took some time with this. I'm proud of you.
3: Now, if you if you work with computers in any way, shape, or form, whether I it be do. Mac or PC, I, I mm-hmm. think everybody in the world does pretty much at this point, at some kind of exposure, your, your only visual touch point with a computer is the monitor, right? So you want that Absolutely. experience to be somewhat good. And obviously, depending on what you're doing on your computer, whether it be video editing or audio, in my case, or just regular computing, you want a good monitor and and ViewSonic has been known for incredible computer monitors and displays since their existence. I've owned ViewSonic monitors in all shapes and sizes, so when I reached out To Corey, uh, I said, I want to try out one of these 4K monitors because they're dropping in price. I mean, 4K monitors were a couple thousand dollars uh, just a couple years back, but they've dropped in price. And the specific model I'm talking about today is one of their professional series. It's the the VP2780 4K. It's a 27-inch widescreen monitor, LED backlit. It is 4K, so you get the full 3840 by 2160 resolution you've got a contrast ratio so this is you know the the amount of you know blackness that you're going to see on the monitor so a 1000 right. to 1 contrast ratio um one of the things when you're shopping for a monitor, if you really want to pay attention to the details, and it's something that I, I do, is your response time. Response
2: time, apps, Especially if you're a gamer, Mark, because that controls how quickly that the monitor refreshes to give you smooth graphics, right? Exactly. So okay.
3: you look at a monitor like this, and you're like, okay, the, the price point on this monitor is around $899 US, okay. depending where you shop. Obviously, you can find great deals out there. So that's a pretty good price for a monitor. A full 27 inches, widescreen, absolutely beautiful. Five millisecond response time. Okay. Wow. Now, <laughs> let me let me bring you up to speed on the specs here. So we're it's okay. a four K monitor, right? Full sixty hertz. Okay. okay. So you're getting the full four K range as as high quality as you possibly can in the four K range. You're getting a five millisecond response time. You're getting a viewing angle of one hundred and seventy eight degrees. So wow. imagine imagine you're standing in front of the monitor and you go left, you go right. You are not going to lose that clarity and that crispness in that 4K image, especially on the
2: computers that are pumping out retina displays, uh, for 178 degree viewing angles. So you're not worried about finding a sweet spot like you are with like less expensive monitors or televisions, right? Exactly. You okay. don't and
3: especially when you're using two monitors as a lot of people are these days, you're never going to be in the center of either of them. So you want to have some kind of diagonal control there. Um, I should mention the dynamic contrast ratio by the way is is 20 million to 1, oh my okay, gosh. even though the regular <laughs> Yeah, I know, it's it's insane. Um, it's got a beautiful anti glare coating. It's got the most accurate color representation that I have ever seen on a monitor. Mitchell, I, I'm 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 not making this stuff up. I'm very honest when it comes to the products that I use and I spend my own money on. And when you look at two monitors, even when you buy them from the exact same lot next to each other in the store, it is very difficult to make sure that the colors match on the two monitors. That's right. So when you're going up to a monitor of this high quality, you want to experience something that is going to be phenomenal. And you really do. And I've put it through the paces. I've put Apple TV in it. I've watched 4K con- content right off receivers, right off the internet and YouTube. Gaming, everything. I'm yeah. gaming. I've put it through its paces with a Mac Pro. Um, I had a little bit of an issue when I was setting it up because you want to use the same kind of connectors for both monitors to get the exact same resolution. If you're in a and dual it,
2: monitor setup, you're saying, right? Exactly. Okay. And
3: it was something that I didn't even realize you had to do, so I, I'm Using DisplayPort. Now, the amount of ports on these monitors blew my mind as well because you've got a full USB 3.0 hub. Okay, so not only are you <laughs> plugging the monitors into its its video, I'll put it obviously on your computer, but you're getting a three-port hub. On both of the monitors, so let's talk about one of them. Obviously, that's insane because you obviously go out and buy a hub. You're going to spend a hundred bucks at least on, on a right. good USB 3.0 hub. Um, you've got a 3.5 millimeter audio jack, so that you can pump your audio through it. You've got an HDMI 2.0 and HDMI MHL two HDMI MHL ports, wow. two Display Ports on each of the monitors, and you're getting up to about eh, thirty thousand hours worth of, uh, of of backlight life. These oh, monitors wow. are going to serve you very well. They work up to uh, the resolution again, you know, for, you know, 4096 by 2160 on both Mac or PC. Uh, obviously the USB hub is an actual absolute bonus. They don't consume a lot of power. The, the, the display and the image and the color representation is something that is unmatched. So I really, I highly recommend this monitor. It is the VP2780 4K, 27-inch. There are some lower versions now, now that time has gone by. There are some Baby Brother sizes, if you want to look into those as well, at a lower cost point. But you are going to get a great bang for your buck. And I honestly view Sonic from the projectors back to the monitors that I've had in my first, probably, IBM PCs Really blew my mind, and, and and these do the exact same thing, and I hope they never want them back.
2: Well, I know, and, and I hope they sh- they should never get them back. No, but the nice thing it's nice to hear this, Mark, because I think we all came up on ViewSonic monitors, and I think this is a company that's done a great job of keeping up with the times. There's certain companies, you know, that are known for like ViewSonic has always been known for making great monitors, but as the technology changed, they changed along with it, making sure they made high end quality monitors in each of those segments. So I'm happy to hear it, and I'm kind of jealous because now I want to go out and get one for myself, so... I think you kind of sold me on it, too. You
3: know what? There, there, uh, when I was looking for monitors, I really, I looked the whole gamut. I mean, Dell makes some great 4K monitors. Other companies make some really good 4K monitors. Um, uh, you know, Apple has their you know 5K monitor. But it really came down to the quality and the craftsmanship and everything that came with these monitors and that brand name. You know what? That brand name really does mean You know mean you're getting something great. Yeah. yeah, it really does. And if you look at the specifications and you really compare the fine print, you're not going to get anything much better than a ViewSonic I, I really, I beg, I beg to, I beg to, to I, you know, I dare you to try.
2: Well, don't hey, I'm not going to argue with you. I love you Sonic as well and I'm going to wrestle one of those away from you. Okay, uh, I'm going to go over to uh, Myra, my my hands on today. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about Milwaukee tool. Now, we know we're we're, we're walk, working with Milwaukee now long term. We're going to be reviewing their tools long term. We just made an announcement. I believe it was last week or the week before about their brilliant new one key yep. which is basically making tools smart, bringing Milwaukee's smart tools into the next generation of of power tools and we're really excited about that. But I just want to do a little follow up on the on the first two tools they sent me. And I think Ooh. Mark really, and, and people should know this, you kind of touched on this at the beginning. Uh, folks, when we review these things, whether it's the ViewSonic monitor that Mark talked about or the tools that I'm going to talk about now, these companies do not pay us to talk about nope. their products. Some of them are sent to us for review purposes. Others, we actually buy ourselves. No one is paying us to give us our opinion. These are genuinely our hands-on experiences, as if we were you. Just getting time with these tools, getting time with these monitors, and that's the point of view that we're giving you now. This is our unbiased opinion. Important listen We you know that yeah. we
3: had a great interview with Colin Gwynn at 3D Robotics, and it prompted me to to go out and buy the 3DR Solo drone, and I've been using it for a couple of weeks, and I have some great stuff I'm going to bring to the table when I do a full review, the next couple of weeks, absolutely. So you know, I, I spent my own money, and, and 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 yes, of course, we go after products that we love, um, but we also go off uh, on the whole range of products so that we can really give you a good comparison.
2: And speaking of products we love, Milwaukee power tools have always been thing you know tools that I've used, uh, and it's funny the first two tools they sent us, funny enough, I think are basically the first two tools if you are new to the power tool arena and you're looking to get your first two power tools I think these are the first two mark that I would actually add to my arsenal Uh, the first one is the you know the cordless sawzall. Now, if people don't know what a sawzall is, this is a segment that Milwaukee pretty much, you know, created. In fact, the sawzall is their that's the name of their reciprocating saw. That's their actual name. The sawzall is Milwaukee. Hey, I'm gonna get a sawzall from another company. No, you're getting a reciprocating saw from another company. If you're getting a sawzall, you're getting it from Milwaukee. And for years, people were afraid, I think, to make that jump from the corded version to the cordless version. But Mark, I've been using the M18 version of the cordless Sawzall. I need to tell you something. The great thing about this, and I think I said to this to Christian Coolis when we had him on the show, the greatest compliment you can get is that on job sites, you will now see people that work for a living with their hands using the cordless version because it is so powerful. Yeah. The, the technology they use, the circuitry inside of this that, that controls the motor, the battery technologies, especially with the 4.0 extended life batteries that they supply, not only adding battery life. I wasn't even able to put a dent in the battery life <laughs> of this sawzall. And I, it, it, but all also in the power that these extra batteries give you. Uh, The kit that I have came with two of the high-end batteries in addition to the tool itself and a charger that would charge both the M18 and the M12 batteries, which is a huge bonus. Mark, when you have a tool like this, I find I myself start looking for things to cut. I'm Uh looking for ways. My my wife's like, why are you walking around with that? It's like, I'm looking for projects to do with it. And when you have a great tool, I think that's what you do. You start to look for things to use it on. And I've definitely beginning, I've been cutting down trees, cutting pieces of wood, cutting pipe. It cuts through anything. And of course, I'm using Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm, I'm using Milwaukee original blades. A lot of people make reciprocating saw blades. I only use Milwaukee just because it's it's high quality and the blades last they tend not to snap uh so i've been having the best time if you have been if you are looking to add a tool to your arsenal aside from a drill which we're getting to next I, I think really the next most important tool that that uses that you can use for everything is a sawzall and the, the m18 fuel cordless sawzall has been a dream the other thing of course is having a good drill mark now when they mm-hmm. sent me the M12 fuel drill, I'm thinking, oh, a 12-volt drill. And a lot of people feel this way. Well, it doesn't compare to an 18-volt drill. I've actually brought my M12 fuel cordless, you know, the fuel cordless hammer drill, over yep. to friends' houses and had competitions with them, I kid you not, my M12 fuel and the fuel line, which we've talked about, both the M18 and the M12, that is a brushless motor. So the performance is off the charts. It can outperform the majority of 18-volt drills that are not brushless. I mean, it really, it's a little powerhouse, and people go, oh, you know, it's an—it's a 12-volt, I don't want to even, t- I can, just try it.
3: Can I ask just you try- an embarrassing question? Sure, sure. Can you define the the, uh, brushless versus non?
2: Uh, Brushless, yeah. So all motors have small brushes in them. All motors, all motor, or I shouldn't say all motors, especially if you're looking in uh, smaller motors, like when I was doing RC cars and when looking at tools, yeah. they have tiny brushes that rotate inside of them. When there are no brushes in these motors, that means there's less friction. Understood. If there's no friction, there's less chance of them being slowed down. The performance, they run at a much higher speed. Performance is off the charts. And once again, thanks to their battery life. Uh you you're getting better performance with these great batteries, and you're getting longer battery life, and the, the life of the tool, because of the circuitry they use that Milwaukee, the proprietary circuit technology that, that Milwaukee uses, the actual life of the tool is extended. Yeah. So there's a lot of tech inside of these. So I've been using I've been using this drill and this sawzall like you could not believe. Uh, you can go to MilwaukeeTool.com, you can look at Home Depot, any big tool outlet. You're gonna see these M18 fuel sawzall. I got the full kit and the M12 fuel, uh, the hammer drill, just brilliant and a great way to start off your collection if you're looking to get into hand tools and power tools.
3: And we we teased this uh, at the beginning of the show, Mitchell. When we come back right after this quick break, we are going to talk all about Disney Infinity 3.0 with our good friend over at Disney Infinity. Mitchell? Yes. This is an interview that we've been waiting for for quite some time. E3, you had hands-on. Oh, yeah. Star Wars edition. Oh, yeah. John Vignocchi, after the break, right
1: here on Your Tech Report.
0: Your Tech Report will be right back. Now, back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech
3: Report. Marka Flalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you. Your Tech Report. On Twitter, of course, at YourTechReport, Facebook.com slash YourTechReport, and contact the YourTechReport.com. Okay, Mark, it's time for me to get
2: excited again. Would you like to know, go ahead, ask me why. Is it to, go ahead, ask me why. Mitchell, why are you going to get excited again? That's so spontaneous. I don't know why you thought to ask me that. Okay, so obviously, uh, you know, when I went to E3... Uh, I got to see a lot of different games. And of course, this time of year, both E3 and then as we get closer to September, October, I start getting more excited because a lot of the games that we got excited about at E3 are getting near their release. And one of the games that I've always loved... And here we are at 3.0 in terms of which version. I've always been a huge Disney Infinity fan for a couple of reasons. One, the gameplay is just a blast, but also you have the collectability of the figures mixed in. And last year, last year we had John Vignocchi on the phone uh, to talk with us about the game. And guess what? Not only is he here, he's here with a cool new title. He is now the VP of Production for Disney Infinity, and now we're talking about 3.0. John, thank you so much for coming back on
1: the phone. Mitchell mark you guys thank you so much for having me it's an honor let's talk about some 3.0 Woo!
2: let's uh, yeah, yeah let, let's do that now John before we get started I I want I want to throw something out to you and I just like to hear and we, I know we have a whole lot to talk about I just want to tell you my initial thought when I was at e3 okay? Uh, okay now of course 3.0 is all about the Star Wars universe which I am extremely excited about and I thought to myself mm-hmm. you know what Star Wars is so popular infinity is so popular it would have been easy for you guys to just put out a decent game with really cool figures and people would have been happy. But the fact is, when I had hands-on time and I played at E3, I thought to myself, this isn't just a decent game, this is a great Star Wars game with beautiful figures. You you managed to give the best of both worlds. You, you didn't rest on your laurels. You put out a really cool Star Wars game too.
1: Thanks, Mitchell. Um, I'm glad you feel that way and man, I hope that uh, everyone that picks up Disney Infinity when we launch on August 30th feels the exact same way you did. Uh, We put a ton of development effort into the game this year, and the thing is this, I mean, we're at the Walt Disney Company, so we have a responsibility not only to create great entertainment based on these amazing properties, but create entertainment that's compelling and innovative in our category, which, of course, is video games. And so, you know what, it was a lot of work this year, but I really, really hope that fans enjoy the game. Oh, uh, believe me, having seen
2: the game, having had hands-on time with the game, I can guarantee our listeners they are going to love it. So let's tell our audience, we know that 3.0 is all about Star Wars. So can you tell our audience what they have to look forward to with 3.0 and the Star Wars universe that they'll be presented with?
1: Absolutely, Mitchell. And for everyone that's listening, of course, Star Wars is a big statement that we're putting inside of Disney Infinity 3.0 this year, but we definitely are also going to be servicing our Disney, Marvel, and Pixar fans. But to focus back down on Star Wars, our development goals this year were quite simple. We wanted to represent the entire Star Wars saga. As some of your listeners probably know, Mitchell, you know, Star Wars is a multi-generational brand, right? Guys like you and me grew up with episodes 4, 5, and 6. And yeah, that's right. Your listeners that yeah, and for your listeners that have um, that have kids, right, they've grown up with the Clone Wars animated series, they've grown up with episodes one, two, and three, and so there's a very, and of course, the brand new Star Wars Rebels animated series, so there's this huge amount of Star Wars content across the entire saga, and so... For us, what was critical when we first had our initial meetings with the team at Lucasfilm was to make sure that we were servicing all Star Wars fans. Because like Star Wars, Disney Infinity is a multi-generational brand as well, right? We've got just as many parents and non-parent adults, which basically means um, adults without kids, playing Infinity as we do the younger audience, the 6 to 12-year-olds, that's our primary demographic. And so what's cool for us is that we wanted to make sure that Parents could turn around and say, hey, this is the Star Wars that I grew up with, episodes 4 through 6. Let's play this game together, and let me introduce you, Junior, to Tauntauns, X-Wings, TIE Fighters, The Trench Run, things that they might <laughs> not be familiar with with those older films. And then for the younger generation of Star Wars fans to turn around and say, yeah, Dad, but I know Anakin before he became Darth Vader, and let <laughs> me show right. you Pod Racers, and let me show you all these different planets, and let me show you the Star Wars Rebels characters and why they're so cool. So what's great is that we hope this year that we're creating a Star Wars experience that allows parents and kids to play together and create new Disney memories together through our Star Wars content.
3: John, tell me something. Um, Disney Infinity has been around since uh, 2013, correct? I think it was August yeah, 2013. Right, and and, yeah. and the Star Wars franchise was bought by Disney in 2012. So was this something planned all along since Infinity started, or is this something that kind of you know, happened along the way?
1: I wish I could say that we uh, we knew exactly what was going to be happening, Mark, but. To be honest with you, when we had initially begun development on Infinity, we were primarily focused on Disney and Pixar characters. And then of course there was the announcement that we had acquired Marvel. And so for 2.0 we had a very clear roadmap. Yeah. It's gonna be the Marvel superheroes. And then the celebration, let me tell you Mark, that erupted in the hallways when the company announced that we had acquired Lucasfilm was (laughs) fantastic. And we were like, sweet! we're going to work on Star Wars or at least that's what we had hoped um, right so just like uh, any any partner you know it's not a shoe in for us just because we acquired Lucasfilm to go in and say okay now Star Wars is going to be inside of infinity we actually had to go in and meet with all the heads of Lucasfilm and convince them why integrating their characters and content into infinity would be a better opportunity than any of the other competitive products that have been making great Star Wars games over the years thankfully uh... we did a, a pretty good pitch to them and they agreed and Hopefully uh all of your listeners that, that pick it up this this fall will agree that we did a we did a good job.
3: Well John, you know, one of the things we love about Infinity and, and your team specifically is how responsive you guys have been to the user base and it it's 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 so refreshing to see that. Are there any features in three point oh that are, are based specifically on feedback from fans?
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's so much to talk about here, Mark. So For everyone that's listening, we are super active on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, interacting with all of our Disney Infinity fans and encouraging new people to join our community because we don't consider this just a video game that we're making as developers. We really consider this our Disney Infinity. We're making a product that is is inspired by fans and the content that they want to see. So with respect to new features and things like that, I mean, we've got features that we've integrated into the game for our master toy box artists. These are the guys that use our toy box mode, which is our mode that's kind of like Minecraft, where you can build and create and use your imagination to become the Disney storyteller. So we've integrated a whole bunch of new features for all of these creative minds to be able to tell their own unique Star Wars stories. One of the coolest ones is our new Path Creator tool that actually allows you to tag artificial intelligence to a spline, as it's called, to make it so that characters and content can actually move around the world. Now these toy boxes that these guys are creating inside of Disney Infinity really are coming alive. And that's just kind of the the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. There's been so many requests from fans to integrate new characters into Disney Infinity. And so this year, some of the new characters that we've integrated are direct requests from the fans. Outside of the Star Wars world, we actually have integrated Sam Flynn and Korra from Tron Legacy, which is a big oh, wow. request that was coming from our fans. So those characters are going to be available at launch on August 30th. And additionally, we've got so many Disney Infinity fans that are also fans of the Disney princesses. And so this year, we've integrated Mulan as our next Disney princess that will rejoin the platform. Now, all of these characters across Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, and Pixar are all playable inside the toy box mode. And then, of course, we've got our play sets, which are the unique six to eight hour kind of standalone game experiences that work with Infinity that all the different characters can play inside of based on each franchise.
2: See, uh, for, well, first of all, if you're just joining us right now, we are talking with John Vignoki, who's not only uh, VP of Production for Disney Infinity 3.0, but also has one of the coolest names in the industry. I just had to point that out, John, one of my favorite names. Uh... Yeah, or, exactly. We're Wine and pasta, <laughs> viennochi, or life of pasta. I'm not sure which one. It, it makes me hungry and thirsty at the same time. Um, <laughs> you talk about uh, you talk about uh, the different modes that you have within the games. One of the things that I one of the things that I think you guys have done best is finding that balance. And I think that's a balance in the gaming industry that's been very hard to find. And I think Disney Infinity, the series of games that you guys have put out, have done it better than anyone. Where sometimes if there's a game where it's all about world building, it can get very overwhelming. And and people basically get get frightened; and they don't know what to do. But you guys have made it so that people can have their their experience, you know, playing the game, you know, the way that it's supposed to be played, or in main mode, and then that, like you say, in the world building mode that you guys have, it's really made so the user can succeed. And I, I think you guys must have worked really hard to achieve this balance where people aren't overwhelmed and they really want to dive in and are able to do things.
1: You're absolutely right, Mitchell. And the thing for us. And you know, for the parents that are listening out there, Mitchell's talking a lot about our toy box mode right now. And that toy box mode is is where you or your kids um, can actually, you know, build and create and become the storyteller yourself. And so, inside this toy box mode, kind of our mantra as a game development team, Mitchell, was to actually unlock someone's creative potential. And so, you know, here you are, kind of with a blank slate world. Um, and if you imagine it, kind of like. When you hand uh, a piece of paper and um, and some crayons or some colored pencils to a kid, just because you give them those tools doesn't mean that they are necessarily going to create the piece de resistance that you would want them to. That's right. And so for us, we constantly are asking ourselves, how do we take um... uh... the kid or or even the adult that you know has creative potential and unlock that inside of an interactive experience and that's what we put so much work into the toy box mode this year to really allow everyone to become a storyteller in a variety of different ways now it doesn't mean that you have to build the most incredibly complicated and beautiful things in the world i mean of course there are going to be people that do that but to allow you to take these characters that are the most popular characters in the entire world and then create your own narrative fiction is something that's really special and something that we don't think has been done in video games before and actually is something that's rather unique and only disney could do It's kind of like you know we liken it to when we were all young for everyone that's listening we would dump all of our toys out on our, our parents living room floor <laughs> and then you know we would take g.i. joe and put him on top of optimus prime and we would tell these stories i and still do disney that when we
2: were young i still do <laughs>
1: that <laughs> exactly right as the Disney and Disney team, though, what we want to do is allow that same type of role play, that same type of power fantasy that we had as kids, you know, creating and telling these stories inside of a piece of interactive entertainment. And look, we've got a lot of work to do to make it better and more accessible, but hopefully this year you and Mark both think that we've, we've made some good advances into really unlocking someone's creative potential.
3: John, obviously Infinity is available cross-platform, but there's something special planned for PS4 users this year, isn't it?
1: Yes, Mark, that's absolutely right. So at E3 this year, which is the big annual video game convention down at the Los Angeles Convention Center, uh we announced a special partnership with our friends over at Sony Computer Entertainment. We're actually going to be releasing at launch what's called the Disney Infinity Star Wars Saga Starter Pack. Lots of S's there, so I always have to go a little <laughs> bit slower. Um, this particular starter pack not only comes with everything that you would normally get with the standard starter pack, but it also comes with the Rise Against the Empire playset, which is a playset based on episodes 4 through 6. It comes one month early inside of this starter pack configuration. And for all you legacy Star Wars fans out there like myself, Mitchell, and Mark, it also comes with an exclusive character you can only get inside of this bundle, which is none other than Boba Fett.
2: Oh my gosh, see now between this, my favorite character, my favorite ship in the Star Wars universe is the Slave One. So giving me a Boba Fett and dangling that in front of me, that's just that's just cruel is what that is.
1: Especially cuz it's not launch time, it's just cruel. Yeah. Dude, we've got the Slave One in the game as well.
2: Oh, you're a good person. You're a very good person. <laughs> so
1: now listen, you yourself now we have a, we, can live out your Star Wars fantasy.
2: <laughs> now, we have, listen, we also have a lot of Xbox One fans and users here. Now, uh, the exclusive is just for the first month. Will will people eventually get that set as well on the uh, Microsoft slash Xbox side?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So, right now, that Star Wars uh, saga starter pack that's coming for Sony platforms will drop on August 30th. And that Rise Against the Empire playset will be inside of it. A month later, so right around the beginning of uh, October, the Rise Against the Empire playset will be released uh, worldwide at retailers, so anyone on any platform, whether that's Xbox or Wii U, can pick that up. That Boba Fett figure, though, the only place you're going to be able to get that is inside of that exclusive starter pack until the end of the holidays. In early January, we'll release Boba Fett as a single figure that anyone can play with. And so another thing that's important for any of your savvy video game uh, listeners that are out there um, is that all of our figures are platform agnostic. So what that means is that you could actually theoretically go out and pick up this uh, Star Wars Saga starter pack for PlayStation 4 and then take that and use the Rise Against the Empire playset and Boba Fett on your Xbox or on your Wii U. So just want to point that out to anyone. Probably for some of your listeners, that sounded a little bit like uh, Greek to them. But (laughs) for those of you that are curious, the figures are all platform agnostic, and they'll work anywhere.
2: And not just that, John. They remember all the stats and all the upgrades that you do to them when you switch them from platform to platform. They still retain the information, yes?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the thought there, Mitchell, is that we basically want... If, if you go over to Mark's house and Mark's got an Xbox One and you guys play, and you have a PS4, and you guys play together, we want to make sure that all the levels that you've gained and all the experiences that you've done over at Mark's house will transfer back to your version of Infinity when you go back home and play on your PS4.
2: See, this is perfect, but now all I can think of is, uh, when can I get everything in my hands? So just for people that don't know, again, we're talking August 30th, everything, uh, the main sets will be launching on the 30th, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. So on August 30th, we're going to drop the Twilight of the Republic Starter Pack, which is the Disney Infinity 3.0 Starter Pack. Okay. Now that's going to be available for $64.99. That's actually just $5 more than a typical video game. And it comes with two awesome figures. It comes with the Twilight of the Republic playset, which is about a 68-hour experience. And then it also comes with the Toy Box mode, which is that mode I was talking about earlier, where you can use your imagination to build and create. In addition to that, we also have a playset that's based on Disney-Pixar's hit new film Inside Out, which will Ah. also drop on August 30th. So we actually think that Inside Out's a rather unique proposition because it's not an open world combat game like all the Star Wars experiences are. It's more of a 2D puzzle platformer. And so although we know that Star Wars appeals to boys and girls, we actually feel that the Inside Out playset may be one that attracts more of a female audience of gamers to get into the Infinity platform. So that's a really, really great place that and that will be available at launch. Plus, Sam Flynn and Quora from Tron Legacy, Olaf from Frozen, oh, cool. as well as Mickey and Minnie, classic Mickey and classic Minnie, and Mulan will also be available at launch. So we've got a huge amount of figures and content available for you guys to dig in and start playing throughout the fall.
3: So what you're saying is my son really needs to put his uh, his money aside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> After he puts his money aside for investing in college, yes, that's correct Mark. Then he can take <laughs> the spare change and apply it to Disney Infinity if he chooses. He he's that's- only he's only five and a
3: half, so I think he'll he'll go for Disney Infinity first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully with our toy box mode, that might unlock his creative potential to become a game developer like myself. He is
2: John Vignocchi. he's the VP of Production for Disney Infinity. Uh, we are looking forward August 30th. It is dropping for less money than we've ever paid for a game like this before. Under $65. Uh, I'm very excited to get my hands on it. Of course, we're going to have our hands on review in the next couple of weeks. And John, of course, you know we're going to have you back to talk more things Infinity because the great thing about Infinity, it's the gift that keeps on giving, so there's always going to be more stuff to talk about, and we hope that you'll come back and join us again soon, John.
1: It would be my pleasure, Mitchell and Mark, and for everyone that's listening, thanks for uh, thanks for giving a listen, and hopefully you'll give Disney Infinity 3.0 a try. Oh, I'm, I'll am i make sure that they do.
3: Special thanks to John Vignocchi from Disney Infinity, of course, and Mark Robin from Funko off the top of the show. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Aflalo. Thanks for joining us again. If you want to find us, all that social media stuff will be announced in just a moment.